Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room? Yes. We're in it. And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a land. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hour 2 of 2 here on Sports Sunday. Mike Lynch, Rashad Taylor, Jesse Osmond with you till 11 o'clock. We'll get to a quick baseball preview next segment. Also got Hater to Love It coming up at 1030. But uh, I wanted to throw this in, a little football in. Remember, we like to do a little football every single show, as that is what we do during the fall anyway for the entire show. Um, Saw this story come across Espen. The Steelers putting contract negotiations with running back Le'Veon Bell on hold as they want to focus on the draft and free agency. Okay. Makes sense, right? Want to focus on some other things. Last season, Le'Veon Bell held out until... Regular season started, came back on the franchise tag, and was good, right? Good as always. Um, This year, he said the exact same thing. He goes, if I get tagged again, I will play, but I'm going to hold out until the beginning of the regular season. Kind of looks like that's what's going to happen, right? Um, I guess the question that's weird about this is, it's strange to me that the Steelers don't want to really commit to Le'Veon Bell. In some ways, it's strange to me because of how good he is. Um, and how clearly important he is to their offense running successfully. But on the flip side of that, if I can devil's advocate myself, we've also seen proven across many teams that you can very successfully win a Super Bowl with running back by committee, with multiple guys who are not considered to be top running backs maybe just one who's considered good and a couple who are considered average, you could put that together if they all have different skill sets and win a, win a Super Bowl, you know? So the Steelers probably look at that and go, yeah, we got lucky. We got one of the best running backs in all of football. But do we really want to pay him a gargantuan salary if we could also win the Super Bowl with two guys who are just different in skill set? One pass catcher and one one good, like, bruising running back? Maybe we don't want to pay this guy. And it's a weird spot to be when you've got one of the best players in the league and you're still having that thought. Uh, it's you, If the Steelers are really thinking to go with Terrell Watson and, and James Conner as their, as their options behind yeah, you know, Le'Veon Bell. James Conner was really good last year. Yeah. James Conner is, is good. He ain't Le'Veon Bell. Cancer and survivor. we talk about it all the time as, as far as patient runners and guys that know how to follow every single block to get what they want. Man, here's a dude in Le'Veon Bell that averages – averages four yards a carry. That means you give him the ball every two, three downs, he's going to get you a first down, man. Like, 
why would you not want that in your on on your team? And then you're talking about a guy who this year. Wait, let me. I just was looking at this dude's stats, which were in, in, incredible to me, man. This year he had in 15 games four yards of carry, nine touchdowns. Last year he had 12 games because he missed some for suspension, still had 1,200 yards and seven touchdowns on the season. He is the workhorse for this team. Like he's he does what Antonio Brown does for them behind the line of scrimmage. And you're talking about a, a line that kind of struggled at points this year, but then figured it out, but struggled still. He's had a lot more had a lot more attempts this year and didn't have as many or had a few more yards, but not as many as the year before. And I think a lot of that the, the line struggled a little bit, man. There were some issues with Big Ben and there was some, you know, there, there was a lot of issues in Pittsburgh and we all kind of know that, but I don't know if Le'Veon is the reason for the issues, though. I I think this this comes back to as, as a one. It's the whole NFL adage is a running a running back's a dime a dozen. As as great as Ezekiel Elliott is, and um, as great as um, you know the, these backs have been taken in the in the top ten. There's also been backs taken in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth rounds that make that impact that. Um, you know, Alvin Kamara out of the third round last year, Kareem Hunt out of the third round last year. Um, and when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers success um, going back to uh, just 2015 when it was D'Angelo Williams and Lavian Bell and Lavian Bell left that at didn't finish that season. Uh, D'Angelo Williams got 10 starts that season, averaged four and a half yards a carry, um, had 907 you know, yards, 11 touchdowns. When you look at that, you go, as great as Lavian Bell is, we can spend this money more wisely amongst our roster than to spend it on this guy, and we can get similar success with a guy like James Conner. I do. I think that's a good way to look at it because if you are a team that doesn't have many holes, then I think you can – talk yourself into spending big money on a guy like Le'Veon Bell because he's an elite running back, one of the best in, in the league, right? But if you're a team like the Steelers who just lost their best linebacker for who knows how long, if he ever comes back, to a really serious back injury, um, who has been trying to get younger on defense but you know doesn't exactly have the best defense ever anymore, um, who potentially has a quarterback who's going to retire in a year, do you really want to commit that much money for four years or whatever it's going to be, maybe even more, to Le'Veon Bell when what Jesse is saying is you can use it to fill those holes? Now, if you're a team like the Eagles, not that this would make any sense with their salary cap because it's going to be pretty capped out, but if you're a team like the Eagles and you already had Le'Veon Bell and you really don't really have any holes anymore, right? Like the Eagles are built super soundly for the next four years, then yeah, give Le'Veon Bell a contract. Because it just makes you that much better without really hurting you in any other way. Because you're already kind of set everywhere else with the contracts that you've given out. But the Steelers do need some help in other places. They they do. But losing the best running back in the league won't help, I don't think. And that's not just filling a hole. That's filling a huge gaping chasm. Chasm? Chasm. 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 But that's it, what I thought. And it's... You you just don't you just don't replace that. We talk about it all the time during football Sunday, which will be, will be back in the fall. We talk about it all the time is the fact that man, who's more who who's a better running back than Le'Veon? You have some really really talented dudes out there, but that patience and then that burst of speed and then the ability to to change directions however he wants to. Like you just don't let go of Barry Sanders. Like you keep him as long as you're able to. Now when he's not able to perform anymore, 
hey, man, let him blow out his knee for you, you know, if, if that's the case. But I, I think Le'Veon is one of those special running backs that you just don't let. He's not Zeke and needing that offensive line to be able to do stuff for him. Like, he can create on his own. You just don't give him money like that in this league, though. I, I mean, this guy wants, you know. I mean, you're going to start seeing this with all positions, too, outside of the quarterback position. Like, Odell Beckham Jr. is asking for the biggest salary ever. You're going to see many, as much as he might be the best wide receiver in the league, right? And, and you could certainly argue that. And I think even Rashad believes that. Yeah, I do. Um, Hardly. Teams aren't going to give him the money he's no, asking for. No, they're not. And that's the thing is, as much as, you know, collusion amongst owners is illegal in the league, it's, there, there is a point where they will make a stand. And certain things, like, or in Denver, for example, they're talking about how much money C.J. Anderson makes and how, like, they probably are going to have to release this guy who... When out of um, six games, he got 20, 20 or more carries last year. They won five of those games. He was basically the reason they won their games last year. He's making $2 million a season. $2 million is too much to pay a running back right now. How much is 16, 18 for a running back? Way too much. And then he's never going to get it. And so that, that comes to the fact of, it. you know what, I think the Steelers – you know, say, this is what our offer is going to be. It'll be a fair offer. Go out and find out on the market that maybe he's not going to get that 18, well, 20 I, a I year that he wants. The thing, though, I think Le'Veon Bell would. Yeah, absolutely. Because would. there are still some stupid GMs out there. And Le'Veon's 26. That like to spend also, that kind of money be on, different, those, on it, those kind of players. With multiple knee injuries and drug suspensions. Drug suspensions. And literally, he's, he's basically on the third strike. So there are reasons as to why you can go beyond, you know, as great as your performance is, we we can't pay you this kind of money and it you know i for me i'll bet he's asking for guaranteed contracts too now that those are being handed out mm. that's going to change a lot of things in the it NFL. Is. that's a whole nother maybe we can get to that well i'm out next week but maybe we can get to that next time i'm back in a couple of weeks that's super interesting to me how kirk cousins gets a fully guaranteed contract and every player is going to be like uh yeah kirk cousins next. got one yeah I, I next. Mine. um denver broncos gave out a fully guaranteed contract this season they did mm -hmm. to who tremaine brock uh, yeah, I believe that's his name. Oh. Uh, the cornerback Corner? signed out of, oh. out of Minnesota. It was like a $4 million fully guaranteed. Well, okay, but that's a lot. I mean, it's not gigantic. It's only one year, but it's, it's a fully guaranteed contract. And you know what? Exactly. There should be guaranteed money of course in football. Should. And it's it's ridiculous that it's not in the first place. Well, so there is guaranteed we... money, but this is the full contract he's saying, is guaranteed. Yeah, he's saying no. it should be fully guaranteed. Well, contract. I mean, maybe not fully guaranteed, but I think a, a, a well, why not? A Every large, other sport's fully guaranteed. large majority of that. Because football, like there is the injury factor. And there is the fact that, man, you could, hey. be, you could be Ryan Shazier and that's be wondering if you're even even come back you know? so, that's on the teams to, to decide on the contracts then if, if they're scared about the injuries not to take the money out of the players pockets for something that they i earn. agree i think the nfl should say hey we'll fully guarantee contracts but here's the deal if you if you leave because of injury like you retire or then your con like your contract will be paid but that shouldn't be against the cap of the team if that makes sense. In yeah. which case, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, okay, it's not going to affect our cap. It affects the pocketbooks of these billionaires, but it's not going to affect the cap. That, I think, may change things as far as getting guaranteed contracts. Steelers fan texts in. He wants running back by committee all the way. Well, all right then, man. I mean, I'll, I'll take your word for it, bro. All right. Or, uh, or ma'am. It's worked good for New England. That is good. Your, your recruit, your your whoever does your recruiting. Rashad's not very comfortable about the Patriots right now. Whoever does your scouting for <laughs> New England is awesome. Just like I think there's somebody should go and just talk to Belichick and say who are you, who are your scouting people. Can I follow them? Just like somebody should go talk to Popovich and say, man, how are you getting these dudes? And can I go with you on your next recruit trip?
All right, we got a break. Coming up next, a brief baseball preview as the season starts on Thursday. This Ooh. is Sports Sunday on 10 to the Fan. Sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Love this song. Rashad on the on the mic. This is like one of my karaoke go to. It's okay. I used to go to Oaks Park and skate to this song all the time. Hmm. Shout out to 1993. There you go. Um, Baseball season starts on Thursday, which for me is basically the best day of the year because for me, all is right with the world when baseball is on and every single day there's games to watch. So I'm very excited for Thursday to come so that for me, it feels like everything is right. Um, Out of the three of us, I am clearly the biggest baseball fan, maybe even the only baseball fan (laughs) out of the three of us. But uh, I did want to give a little baseball preview for those of you out there who are interested and uh, what's coming up this season. And I was actually talking about it with Rashad a couple of breaks ago, but it's a really strange year in baseball. And I'm not sure if it's going to become a problem or if it's just going to be like a lull and then it's going to be all great because everyone now has a good team. But this is the first time in a very long time that I've looked at the majors and basically written off half the teams immediately. Immediately. Dang. Well, so it's, it's kind of like the NBA. This year, it kind of feels like it because what we have been taught over the last five years or so or more is that tanking in baseball works. Who was the first team to do it? The Astros. They said, look, guys, look, fans, look, Houstonites, Houstonians, however you say it. Houstonians, I think. We're going to be really bad, but trust us, it's going to work. And the Astros were really bad in the mid-thousands. Over 100 losses multiple years in a row, atrocious team, but got four top two picks in a row. And then, last year, World Series champions. Now, have a really young team with a lot of the best players in baseball all on the same team, because they tanked and got some good picks. Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve, George Springer. uh, And now they've committed to going and getting some guys to help, like trading for Justin Verlander. They signed Garrett Cole this year, which is just terrifying. That it's going to be Dallas Keuchel, Garrett Cole, and Justin Verlander, top three of the rotation. Please hold me. I'm scared. Um, They did it. The Cubs did it as well. Now, the Cubs won before the Astros did, but I think they started tanking slightly after the Astros did in the same in the same true way, or maybe it was about the same time. But they lost a lot when Theo Epstein took over. He left Boston, went to Chicago, changed what they were doing. Now the Cubs have a team filled with young, controllable players who are all really stinking good, some of the best in baseball, including Chris Bryant and potentially Kyle Schwarber and Anthony Rizzo and Javier Baez. You've got a – and Wilson Contreras, a catcher. You've got a lot of great young players for a long time to come, and you're going to be a, a – a force we reckon with in Major League Baseball. 
The Yankees sort of did it. They actually kind of kept winning, and I give a lot of credit to Joe Girardi for this because they were kind of trying to tank. But they did the same thing. Uh, they did it more with trades. They traded a lot of players for young assets, and those guys have all turned out to be really solid major league players for them now, potentially some of the best in baseball, if you want to use the same argument. Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez and and, guy, and Luis Severino and guys like that. Um, it has been proven in Major League Baseball that signing big free agents no longer works, right? You can't just go out and spend big money and expect to win a World Series. Talking to you, Yankees, who did that for many, many years in the Forever. thousands. Um, the way to win in Major League Baseball is to build through the farm system. The teams that have done that effectively are always in the conversation. The Cardinals are one of the best teams at this. They've done it for so long, and they're always in the playoff conversation at the end of the year. So this year, because of this becoming true for so long, or for so many teams, you're seeing half the league say, okay, we'll do it too. And you're seeing kind of a crux of this right now where all these teams are in the bottom half of the, of the skill level pool because they're doing the exact same thing when they're, and they're building themselves a farm system. And it might mean for a less competitive regular season, but I do think in the long term it's actually going to be really good for, for but, Major League Baseball. I mean, but is that really what baseball needs, though, is a sport that people already, a lot of people, find really tough to, to follow and watch. You know, Jesse and I, I think we're casual fans, but like I said, you, you know, you, you can do baseball all day. I think we would get about three or four innings before it's time to turn the channel. Do we really want to see like less than or more than half the league just be uncompetitive and well and just play kind of I'm not going to say sloppy baseball because you make it to the majors then you're all pretty damn good but just if if it's already kind of a sport that's that's tougher for most casual fans to watch I'll, I feel like this would make it even harder to watch. Well, I would argue against that and say that baseball naturally is a sport that doesn't really have that many blowouts even if a team is worse. I mean, any team can win any day. And the reason the season is so long, and that's a good thing, is that at the end of the year, the best teams will normally rise at the top. But, like, bad teams, I'm not saying are bad teams, right? I'm saying bad teams are, like, 75 and, and 90 or whatever the, the record would be, right? Okay. That's not a bad team. They won 75 games this year. They're just not making the playoffs because they don't have 95 wins, right? So I, I don't think that you're going to see a lack of competitive games I just think you're going to see a clear delineation in the standings. That's all I'm saying. Um, I think that you you have a you have a very clear top right now in baseball. Just going. This is not an order of who's the best, just in division. I think you've got Red Sox, Yankees, Indians, Astros, Nationals, Cubs, Dodgers. I think right now that is your very clear top in baseball. Right. Um, then there's a second tier of teams who are potential wild card teams who could potentially make some noise in the playoffs. Well, let me see if I can guess who those are. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Angels? Sure. I'll give you credit for that. Brewers? Yep. Mariners? Nope. Dang it. Uh, <laughs> twins? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Rockies? Yeah. I would say... <laughs> Bingo, bango, bongo. I would say Diamondbacks, Rockies, Brewers, Cardinals, Twins, and maybe the Angels. I'm, I'm it's kind of a maybe with the Angels. They've gotten better. Everybody else, no chance in my book, right? The, I mean, God, the Giants tried to get like get a quick rebuild because they were the worst team in baseball last year. Madison Bumgarner is out for almost two months. He broke his hand getting hit by a pitch in spring training. Like they're not, they can't catch a break. Um, 
so you'll you'll still see competition for the wild card spots, of course, and in the playoffs. And once, and that's the great thing with baseball playoffs is once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen, right? Any team can win a series in, in a baseball playoff. Anyone can get hot, and that's the positive thing. But if you're watching baseball this year and you want to watch the good teams, the teams I just mentioned at the top are the teams you're going to be keeping an eye on. And unless there's massive injuries, I don't think you're going to see much of a change. Um, and honestly, I don't know if I'm that upset about that as a baseball fan. I love parody in baseball. I really do. I love that. I mean, of course, in a perfect world for me, Yankees would win every year. But in terms of when they don't, I love parody. I love seeing different teams in the World Series every year. But, man, the teams at the top are just fun right now. Yeah. Like, all the ones I mentioned are fun teams to watch play every single night. So even if that is the easiest playoffs to ever pick in baseball history, I don't care because it's all great teams and they're all fun teams with great players. No, that's and uh, I agree with you. That's kind of the cool thing about baseball is that you will not see, uh, not will not see, but there's a chance that you're going to see a different team in the World Series, you know, every single year, a different couple of teams in the World Series, you know, every year. So that's always, you know, kind of fresh when this last year you have uh, the Astros and Dodgers. Year before is the Indians, Cubs, Royals, Mets. You know, Royals were there before, and then they had the the Giants. The Giants are really the only team over the past few years that have really made themselves a mainstay in in the World Series picture. And I think this is an off year, one of the off years. So the Giants might be, should be in contention. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. So that was what eight. Rashad, they were ago? the worst team in baseball last well, year. Well, that was four years ago. So that they won the World Series. So they this may be the year that they get back. No. Look, I, like I just said, they just lost their best player and their ace pitcher for two months. I'm sure Dirt would disagree with you. And they signed aging players who could be really good, but they have not been quite as good for the last few years And Evan Longoria and Andrew McCutcheon. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Don't expect much Giants fans. Your division's actually pretty tough this year. Diamondbacks, Rockies, Dodgers. Padres even better, too. Um, but, yeah, so that's my quick baseball preview. Don't be deterred from watching just because you think you know who's going to make the playoffs because those teams are still a lot of fun to watch. And baseball is built to be competitive during the regular season no matter who you're playing. Any team can win on any day. Any pitcher can have a bad day. Any lineup can get cold. And you can see a team like the Royals, who are going to be bad again, it looks like, sweeping a team like the Indians just because of it's that that kind of a weekend, right? So that's that's why you still watch baseball. All right. Coming up next, hate it or love it. First, Jesse, Sports Center. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. You know what that music means? That means it is time for hate it or love it. It is competitive. Uh, Jesse will award us points, depending on what he likes us saying. And then the winner hosts the last segment. Rashad won last week, I believe. So I guess I will answer first. And Jesse, you can go ahead and get started. All right. I think we're all set up over here. Ready. How many hot uh, baseball questions do you got for us today, Jesse? Zero. (laughs) Zero hot. That's too bad. Can you guess what all the topics are? Blazers. Based on, no. NFL. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> of course. If there's no NFL really being talked about in the show, you know that's just what's going to pile that in here so we at least have some NFL talk at some point. Um, let's, let's start off in Dallas. 
Uh, we're going to do some free agency, hate it or love it. Um, or off-season, I should say, not necessarily free agency. Uh, the, the Dallas Cowboys have been improving their wide receiving core. They uh, signed Deontay Thompson, a more of a special teamer, but uh, out of Buffalo, he was traded to Buffalo from Chicago last season, had a couple hundred-yard games for him. Um, and they also added Alan Hearns. On top of that... Des Bryant is training with route guru David Robinson, who is also traded with the, uh, trained with the likes of Emmanuel Sanders, Antonio Brown, um, and even um, teammate Bryce Butler to expand Bryant's route running tree. Love or hate with the improvements of the wide receivers and uh, what Des Bryant is doing in the offseason, Des Bryant will retain the status of a number one wide receiver this coming season. Hey, I hate it. I think Des Bryant is past his prime. We see it all the time in the NFL. Wide receivers fall off a cliff. There's no, like, gradual fall off for top wide receivers. It's really good, really good, really good, really good. Whoa, what happened to Des Bryant? And I just think that's where we are right now with him. I, I He has done nothing the last two seasons, maybe even three seasons now, where I've been like, wow, look at how elite of a receiver he is. He just hasn't done it. Frankly, I don't think Deontay Thompson is much of a help. I know he had a couple of good games with the Bills, but that doesn't have any sex appeal to me. I like Alan Hearns a lot. Um, he just needs to stay healthy, which he hasn't been able to do recently, so that might also hurt. Um, to me, it's just, I think the Cowboys need to move on. I think they need to move on from Des Bryant. I feel like they're kind of falling into the trap of he's a guy who's been here his entire career, and he used to be really good, and maybe he'll get it back, but... How many times has he had games of like one or two catches for 25 yards? It almost looks like Dak Prescott's lost the rapport with him, lost the trust with him. He's gained it more with Ezekiel Elliott out of the backfield or Cole Beasley over the middle or guys like that. I I don't know. Maybe it's just the Des Bryant style of wide receiver doesn't work as well in the NFL anymore. But I, I just think I think he's hit that wall, man. I don't think he's coming back. Um I I love that he's still a number one receiver in the league um, because I'll be honest, man, wide receiver is the one position in football that's completely predicated on someone else getting you the ball. Des Bryant can get open all he wants to, but if you don't have a quarterback that's going to be able to get you the ball, you're absolutely nothing. Des Bryant is a big, strong, physical receiver, six foot four, 200 and, you know, 30-something pounds of all muscle. He's exactly the prototype receiver that people are looking for. And you have a guy in Dak Prescott who for a whole year in his rookie year checked down every single time he got an opportunity and couldn't get Dak Prescott the ball. Guys like Cole Beasley were getting a lot of the shine for the uh, for the Cowboys. You know, obviously Zeke came in and got a lot of the shine. Jason Witten is still like that big security blanket for, for, uh, is for he still Dak there? Prescott. Or he was the big security blanket for uh, yeah, Prescott. Is he? Okay. I Man, thought how I old him. is he, man? I thought I saw him retire how old is Jason Witten? He's never going to go any place. But, man, but you got a guy in Dak Prescott wow. who threw 22 touchdowns uh, this season, a little over 3,000 yards. But if you look at the, the upper echelon of quarterback, he's nowhere near what a lot of those guys are doing. You give Dak, uh, Des Bryant to a Tom Brady. You give him to a to an Aaron Rodgers. You give him to even somebody like a, 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 a Kirk Cousins, and you see exactly how good he would be able to be. I don't know. It's funny. I... I not to not to jump in on that. No, but I'm done. You're good. No, I know, I know. I'm just saying, not to like stop your next question. I just, I, I just don't have any trust in Des Bryant anymore. I think even if he goes to a team like with Aaron Rodgers, 
sure, his numbers probably improved because, well, it's Aaron Rodgers. But I don't think he's making as much of an impact as you think. Is it weird that only since Dak came, all of a sudden his numbers went terrible? Dak got there and played quarterback, and then all of a sudden he can't get the ball anymore. He can't get open anymore. When Tony Romo was there, he was having a 1,000-yard seasons. But he was also younger. But he had three in a row. I mean, but you're— And less hurt. And in his prime. I mean, that's what I'm saying is— Receivers fall off a cliff. Yeah, but Dez is 29, like, and just turned 29 here a little so? bit ago. So it's not like he's, you know, the, a big 34-year-old receiver. Like, he's had yeah, his time. Yeah, but in the NFL, the age doesn't matter anymore. That's true. But in the past couple of years, like, I was good. You came as a quarterback, and I'm not as good. There's something to be said there. If you have a manager that took over, you were doing good work, and your manager took over, and all of a sudden you're doing terrible work, man, that can't be all on you. A lot of that has to be on the management. Sounds like it's on you. Just saying. <laughs> I think you guys both made really good points. Obviously, I, I gave out lots of points that round. Lots of points. Points all around. Just tons of points. Lots of points. Lots all of points. all of the points. Yes, all of the points. No more points the rest of the round. Okay. Well, <laughs> I guess we're done then. <laughs> um, moving on. More wide receiver talk. In fact, uh, all of these questions may be related to wide receivers unless we get to a tie-breaking question. Um, Terrell Pryor was signed by Gang Green. He's uh, going to be a New York Jet and in 2016, had a 1,000-yard season, signed a one-year prove-it deal with Washington last year. Had Anybody guess how many yards he had? 600. Uh, he had like 170 or something. He barely played. Um, uh, Mike, you're way closer. 240. He had Jeez. 240 yards on 20 receptions last year. Now, granted, he finished the season on IR, but he did play – uh, enough of the season to have better numbers than that. So he had so many games of zero catches. <laughs> so many. It's just we could not get on the same page as uh, Kirk Cousins. Jets signed Teddy Bridgewater. It looks like they're gonna probably moving along the lines of Teddy Bridgewater this season. Love or hate, you will see a bounce back year from Terrell Pryor, and he will be more of the thousand yard receiver than the two hundred and forty yard receiver. Ooh. Um. So he doesn't have to make a thousand, but you're you're, you're gonna, saying he's more, anything more than two forty. Uh, well, no, I'm saying he's. It, it would probably be like, you know, in that eight hundred plus range. Uh, I'm gonna say, wow. Can I say both? I say <laughs> no. Okay, I'll say hate then. Um, I was gonna make a joke about how maybe he only does good with bad quarterbacks, so then he'll do great with the Jets because they've got the trio of Teddy Bridgewater, Josh McCown, and whoever they take in the draft. <laughs> right. Um, fighting for that job, and he only did well in Cleveland with bad quarterback play, and with a good quarterback, disappeared completely. But the Jets, Jets actually have a good receiver situation. Of all the bad things about the Jets, the receivers are actually good. Jermaine Curse played great for them last year. They've got a guy named, uh, if you haven't heard of him, Robbie Anderson, who was probably the most underrated receiver in the NFL. Really stinking good as long as he can stay healthy and out of trouble. And then don't forget they got Quincy Anunwa there too, who was a good hot talk guy before the season and then had a pretty decent season as well. I think Terrell Pryor gives them depth, but I think Terrell Pryor has to prove it again. He had one good year with a Cleveland Browns team that had no other wide receivers on it. They didn't have Josh Gordon. He became the de facto number one, and it worked out for him because he was the only guy that they could throw the ball to. They didn't have they didn't have Njoku that year yet, did they? He was a rookie last mm-hmm. year, so they, they didn't even have an elite tight end. Well, I guess they had um, Barnage, who had a lot of touchdowns that year, but he even faded during the second half of that year. 
When he went to a team that had other weapons and a different style of offense, it didn't work. Remember, he's a quarterback who transitioned to wide receiver. He is not a natural wide receiver. And just because he had one good year doesn't mean he's the best wide receiver that just had a bad year last year. I think last year is more what Terrell Pryor would be than, than his first year in Cleveland. And going to a team with a lot of options at wide receiver to me means he's not going to get back to that 800, 1,000-yard season uh, spot, especially with the iffy quarterback play the Jets are going to put out there next year. Um. <clears throat> I mean, I, I I hate it just because we don't know who the Jets quarterback is going to be. You kind of mentioned it, Lynch, man. They, they're, you know they're going to take one in the first round. Um, will it be Darnold? More than likely. Um, we, we or, or will Rosen or one of those guys, you know, you're not exactly sure. You know it's going to be someone different. Um, I just I still don't trust Bridgewater throwing the ball super deep like that. You know, I think he's also a check down dude. Wrong, sorry, wrong, wrong, wrong button. I'm say what, one. man? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I don't trust. Very uh, rarely does he throw out the no yeah. point. Or the I, last I, point. I don't really trust him throwing the ball super deep. And so uh, that's really where um, Terrell Pryor kind of shined is, you know, going to catch a lot of those deep balls. And he showed that he was really good. I think there are a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL that play re wide receiver right now that are excelling. You look at someone like Julian Edelman and what he's been able to do through his whole career. And mind you, he has Tom Brady throwing the ball. So it's just a little bit different. I think if he gets, if Terrell Pryor gets the right quarterback in there, I think he can be a deadly receiver because he's, again, he's six foot four. He's a slender, like 220, something like that. He has a long stride, can run right past you, show that he can come across the middle and take a, uh, take a lot of big hits. Terrell Pryor looked like he was a good receiver playing in Cleveland. You don't go to other other teams and then all of a sudden get weak. Like you went to the you went to a bad situation in Washington that was bad for everyone. And just if you don't believe me, just ask Kirk Cousins. It wasn't wasn't the best situation. Now I think he'll go. He was to still a one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL last year. He was, but, but and still and still didn't stay and still you know for whatever reason still showed how how crazy things were that you had this 4,000-yard quarterback and still want to franchise tag him for the third straight time. That shows you everything you need to know about what went on in that Washington franchise. So I think give him the right situation with the right offensive coordinator and quarterback, I think Terrell Pryor can be a fine wide receiver. The best in the league, 1,000 yards a season? Probably not. But six, 700 yards, four or five touchdowns, why not? All the right. reason I wanted to do both was it's hard not to improve from a 240-yard season. Yeah. <laughs> so I was you like, gotta, yeah, of course you got to be really trying to suck. Of course you'll improve. But, yeah. it, that's, but it's like not to 800 yards. So, yeah, I'll go with the hate. Oh, we'll see. I, I, I think a, a lot of it has to do if you can expand that route tree. Um, we'll quickly move on. We are running out of time or have ran out of time technically. Um, what else is new? Right. Uh, like I said, um, those wide receivers are our topic of the day. Jacksonville let two of them go. One to Alan, uh, Alan Hearns to Dallas. The other, Alan Robinson, both Allens, to Chicago. Love or hate, Jacksonville made the smart decision letting the receivers walk. Um, I'm going to, okay, this is going to sound weird. I'm going to say love. It is the smart decision because Allen Robinson is coming off a very bad knee injury, and you don't want to give a lot of money to a guy coming back from an injury and have it all go to waste because he's never the same. Allen Hearns has not been able to stay healthy either, and outside of one really good year a couple of years ago, has been fairly inconsistent. Um, so I will say love that they made the right choice, but I also want to throw this in there. Jacksonville has done nothing to say to me that they made the right choice and then made the right choices afterwards. They went ahead and their best receiver signing is Dante Moncrief. And they're going to go at it with Marquise Lee and hope for a really good year from a guy like Keeling Cole. What? 
that's going to be their decision. I know Cole played well last year in in bursts, and so did D.D. Westbrook when he came back in bursts, but it wasn't consistent. So, yes, they made the smart move financially to get get rid of two high-paid injured receivers, but I don't know if the receiving core is going to be benefited by it, if that makes any sense to you. So that's my quick answer for you. All right. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I hate it, I guess. I don't know. I don't really care because <laughs> Allen Robinson hasn't really – he wasn't really anything last year. I don't, did he even play last year? No, he, he yeah. tore his ACL. Yeah, exactly. So Allen Robinson, you know, he, yeah. Allen Hearns was just okay. He wasn't even the, the best receiver on the team last year. When kind of went to Keelan Cole, uh, again, the young guy, and also Marquise Lee is still on that team. So he kind of became uh, a, a big threat for them down the, down the stretch. Also, you got guys like Leonard Fournette who caught – you know, almost 40 balls out of the backfield last year and even a couple touchdowns. So you had, you, you've got some guys there you can pass it to. Blake Bortles isn't going to go super deep anyway. He's going to check down a lot of the time throughout the game. Um, so I don't really expect him to really need a game breaker right now. As long as this defense can stay competitive and stay consistent to what they were last year, I think they'll really be able to, if they can put up almost kind of like the Seahawks, they can win games with 13 points. You know, if you look at the Seahawks had a lot of wins with 9, 13 points. I'm looking at this team to be kind of similar to that. You won't need a whole lot of offense. You just have to be able to stay consistent on defense. All right, let's tally up the points. We got to go. All right, the winner is Rashad. Yes. Wow. I was nervous. I, actually, I was feeling pretty confident about today, too. I was I was nervous because yeah. I heard a lot of beeps. I heard a lot of, you know, good things for you. Um. Coming up next, uh, Lynch is going to talk more about sports. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Oh, I love this music. Glorious domination. The texter says that I won and he wants a recount. Uh, you know what, man? I was sitting here sweating. It was like, that's why I, I was already ready to panic. Like, man, damn it. Here we go. Lynch won this one. So. I actually, I, I try to like listen for the for the points and like kind of get a gauge of what's happening. I really thought like I was like in a big lead. <laughs> yeah. I think Rashad won the first round, though. I think that was key. Round one, six to five Rashad round two five four Rashad round three two two hmm. so let's five. do this now let's let's add it let's add a wrinkle to hater to so love you, it so you won no by two no oh I mean well let's do Damn. this now let's let's leave the last heart, let's leave the last votes up to the listeners man they can tell us who they think won and then based off of what you say if we have, like, two listeners to say Lynch won and one that says I won. That makes it very hard to come in with the winner's music, though. And to announce a winner. I think Jesse wants to keep full control over it. I am a dictator in certain situations. <laughs> okay, well, we'll let you guys decide who, who won as well. You can always text in. Thank you for, you Just you make know, me feel good. It's fine. Absolutely. <laughs> but, yes, I, 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 too, thought Lynch won that last one. Um, I appreciate you, Jesse. For looking out for your boy, man. I was nothing by, to do. You won by two. Out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I thought that second one I was like, because here's the cold part: when you go second, you gotta hope that the person who goes first didn't say all the stuff that you want to say or disagrees with you. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, or if they, yeah, if they completely disagree with you, man, that's awesome. You can go opposite points, but well, you—that's what happened this time. You disagree with both of my points. 
that almost never happens on this show. No. Like, no, I mean, we're, I don't know, for whatever reason, we are incredibly like-minded on lots of things. And then when we're different on stuff, man, are we... We are very different. Incredibly different on everything, night and day. But for the most part, like, a lot of shows, like, just want to have antagonists. Like, I'm going to go left because you decided to go right. I think it's kind of cool that we don't, like, we really yeah, care just, about, yeah. I mean, no, we're just honest. It's that's our what I'm for. I'm, I'm the troublemaker of the group. There you go. <laughs> that is true. There you go. There's always one in the group. Man, Especially so. when it comes to the fantasy football stuff where you're just like, you guys are wrong. Yeah. yeah this no, is I'm, not how it is. And that's the one time we all just kind of listen to Jesse like, oh, well, shoot, maybe I mean, you're right. Probably right. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Um, um, the I, one time. <laughs> so, Lynch, you're, you're going home to Jersey. I am going home for Passover. What are you going to do first? What's the first thing that you do when you get home? I go to my dentist. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> I still have my God, my you were 70 years old. I, well, I still have my childhood dentist, so I only go back twice a year normally. So Do you I, sit on like a race car or something like that? No, it's a regular dentist. It's just the one that I've been going to since I was a kid. Okay. That's cool. It's one of those one. Dentist is weird to me. When you build a trust with something that's like not really comfortable for a lot of people, like people hate going to the dentist, right? Well, somebody playing around in your mouth. Like, it's gross. It's weird. Yeah. Um, Shout out to all the dentists. You're not weird, but yeah. that is. So like to to make that change after so many years is kind of like who do you go who do you trust right? And since I go back a couple times a year anyway, like why change? Eventually I'll have <laughs> I to. I expected you to say like I'm going to Wawa, I'm going to this place. The first thing I'm gonna do when I no. get to Jersey, going See, to my dentist. That's incredibly responsible of you, Michael. The tough thing is because when I go back, it's for Thanksgiving and Passover, which are two big eating holidays. I. It's hard for me to be like, I need to go to all my food places, too, because we're already eating so dang much. That's, that's true. It's like if I go pig out, I can't eat. You're free to ship me some pastrami back to, back mm. to PL, please. Mm. I'd appreciate it. Mm. I don't know where I'd get you good pastrami, though. I mean, there's good pastrami everywhere, but I don't, I don't know where I would pick. All right, we got a break. We got to go. Uh, enjoy the tournament today. Enjoy the Blazer game. And enjoy whatever else you're doing. Hopefully it stays nicer than it has been yesterday. Yesterday was crappy. And enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, I'm out next week. Rashad and Jesse will hold down the fort. And uh, have a very good spring break if you're on spring break as well. Peace. Omaha! 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 This one's for Pat!